82-game regular season. That was the first plan from the owners. Players Association took a couple weeks. They counter-offered with 114-game season, still sticking with the full prorated salaries. Major League Baseball's 82-game proposal was a revenue share, 50-50. Well, after the 114-game season with full prorated salaries that uh, the Players Association hit uh, on Sunday, now here it is, folks. The owners have counter counter offered 50 game season, but will pay your prorated salaries. So, owners had initially proposed something along the lines of 82 what we were talking about. So, don't be surprised um, if maybe. The, uh, here, all right, Nelson, do you think it's going to stay at 50 or do you think it'll go higher than 50? Man, I, I honestly have no idea right now. Right? Or do you think there's just going to be no season? I'm thinking right now there's just going to be no season. Yeah. And my mind has been changed basically on Monday. So if they Because I was always the positive one. The one that said, I think they're going to play. We need baseball. We yeah. need sports. How'd that work out for you? Yeah, that's why I'm never doing it again. <laughs> I will never be positive again. Well, just... Well, a 2020 Nelson, that fits right along with the theme, right? You don't really got to be positive in 2020. Happiness has been... Canceled. So, Major League Baseball players. I don't know, man. I think they're painted in the corner what now. What is baseball going to come back with? Or the, the Players Association. We want to play 120 games? I know, right? The more games that the Players Association throws out there, the less likely the owners are to agree on it. Because the more games they p- play without fans in the stands, the more money they lose. Last time I checked... Millionaires, and in this case, billionaires, the owners, they're not in the business of losing money, right? Yeah, this, so this is my thing. If they play the exact you know, major league schedule, if yes. it was normal, like a normal season, 162 games, that's a six-month, that's essentially a six-month season. Yes. Well, now we're in June. It's June 2nd today. It is. I checked. They were hoping that spring training two would start, I believe it was June 15th. So they'd have to be wrapping up this deal in about a week. Right? It'd have to be about a week. Because then it would take some time. It, it would take some time for all, you know, personnel and and all the other organizations get everything set up on the locations on where they're playing again for spring training, yada yada yada. Well then they would start, you know, you would hopefully start the real season in July, right? Yes. July 4th weekend? Yeah. That's half the baseball season normally. <laughs> it's July, August, September. Then you go into, into the, playoffs the playoffs in October. I don't get how you're going to get more than roughly half a season in at this point. And that's with getting it finalized within the next week or so. Yeah, not happening. I mean, it could, but right now, what do we what do we know it for makes, the past three, four weeks? It doesn't make sense when you come out with an offer for 114 it games. It makes no sense. They would have had to have started playing literally like next week. Yeah. and, and then But then they're going to be like, well, we want double headers. And then all of a sudden, you know, it'll be like a month into the season and the players will come out and say, well, this is, this is too much or we need more pitchers or our pitchers aren't going to be healthy. It's going to go lead into one thing to another. It's, I don't see how they play more than 81 games. So right here, um, just reading about it a little bit, the emphasis from the owners, the emphasis from their standpoint 
of management will be holding the postseason as soon as they possibly can so as to reduce the chances of the season being scuttled, little scuttlebutt, scuttled by a second COVID-19 outbreak in the fall as, uh, and for as long as possible. So they want the postseason as fast as they can, hence the 50 games. Why do they want it? Because that's when most eyes are on the TV and they can have the potential to make the most amount of money. Yeah, I'm just going to go out, go out there and say I don't see them playing more than 82 games. This is going to be an 82 game season or less. And they, you just saw the, the uh, owners come out with the new proposal. They went down to 50. There's no way the players get more 50. There's no way the players get more than 82 games. Not uh, agreed. My question is, do they do 50? The owners say they'll pay the prorated salaries for a 50 game season. Like I'm kind of getting tired of saying, I told you so about a month ago. That the, that the owners were going to win this, right? Yeah. They had more footing to stand on. The players are literally, the longer they hold out, are just going to be losing more and more money because the number of games is going to continue to go down. Well, what and happens? And then at the end, the owners can say, fine, we're not doing it. Who has the... M- Nelson, isn't this, doesn't this work for almost every aspect of life here in America? Whoever has the most amount of money wins. Yeah, 99% of the time. Who's got more money, the owners or the players? Well, the owners, since they pay the players. Who's going to win? The owners. But like we said, <laughs> they can just say, fine, you're not getting paid at all. Yeah, we're shutting we're, it down. We're taking our, we're game taking and our billion dollar loss. Yeah. Major League Baseball, the owners have now a counter counter offer. They say, yo, pl- players, you want the prorated salaries? Well, we will pay you the prorated salaries. But here's the kicker. Instead of the 82 games that we proposed initially, and you then said 114, you want your prorated salaries? Well, you can get them with a 50-game season. Nelson, a 50-game season, is it even worth it? I think it would be. Agreed. The season's going to have an asterisk no, no matter what, right? Yeah. Why not get something out there? So not everyone's 100% insane. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so we have like maybe a little like bit of so we can So we can watch something in July and August? Instead of September? our uh, communities being looted and rioted and destroyed? Wouldn't so I, so I'd I rather can, watch baseball. So yeah. I can turn on the TV or my social media and not see someone crazy the, things going on? Someone getting in the, beat I, in the I, face I can, with a two-by-four? Yeah, I can see normal things that I like to watch during the summer. Yeah, it's poison on social media, man. It's poison on the news. It's It just makes you feel like, like RJ said yesterday, deflated. Right, Arge? Yeah. Deflated. Big time. All right, RJ, welcome in. Good morning. Mm. Or It's not really good. Morning, I should say. Morning. 50-game season, Major League Baseball, the owners thrown out of the table with prorated uh, contracts, prorated salaries. And. Like I said yesterday, this is going to end with the players looking horribly. And you said it earlier. This morning, yeah. This These is... guys have guys in shirts and ties sitting down, crunching the numbers for every situation where they're going to come back and be like, much prorated salary? Here's how it's going to work. Yep. 50 game schedule. Well, Nelson kind of busted it down. So the, yeah. the new schedule, 50 game season prorated salaries. Um, and if you think about it, to me, this is Major League Baseball. A 50-game season, are the optics bad on that? Yeah, but they are playing the players against themselves now. They're just like, all right, we'll pay your prorated salary. Yeah. 
with a 50-game season. The ball's in your court. Now, you guys will be the ones that look like a schmuck if there's no longer a season. Mm-hmm. Because we agreed to prorated. Yeah, it's 50 games, but it's prorated. Yeah. Ball's in your court. If you say no, then the public is going to turn on you. I mean, they already have. But it'll be – there's still people holding on. And I, I, I can see both sides, obviously, because it's, there's no right or wrong answer in this. It's, someone's got to come to a middle. But this is Major League Baseball, the owners being, yo, you want prorated? All right, cool. Here's what the headline's going to say. Owners agree to pay prorated salaries. No did. one's going to dive that's in. It, that's what it was last night. No one's going to dive into the numbers, really. It's going to be, what do we know about 2020 and uh, social media and people on the internet and how their attention span is now? All they do is read a headline and move on. Majority of people, they just read a headline. What's the headline already say? Major League Baseball owners agree to prorated salary with a shortened season. It's uh, it's the new economic plan. Yep. So, Nelson. You want your prorated? This is where the game's got to be. Nelson figured it out. Let's say Scherzer makes thirty. Let's say Max Scherzer makes thirty million dollars in a normal yeah, and he season. Yeah, he was projected what like seven and a half million or whatever. It'd be all seven mm-hmm. million in the revenue yep. share that Major League Baseball initially put out there. So their current percentage would be a, a little less than thirty-one percent, mm-hmm. and he'd make about nine and a quarter. Is it worth so it? so it's a little <laughs> bit more. Was it worth one point two five million? Well, it is for it could be for him, but you know who it's not going to be worth for the minor league. They're not the minor leaguer. The guy that's cutting his teeth that doesn't get any money to begin. See, that's where less money to begin. That's with. where I I kind of wonder what this proposal looks like for the Keston <laughs> Heroes of the world that are making less than six hundred thousand dollars. Now are they prorated for a third of that? So now are they going to make roughly two hundred thousand dollars? Yeah. Because I, I don't see how you because you Scherzer Scherzer just made more, mm-hmm. but they just made less. Because right. under the Major League Baseball's initial plan of the revenue share, they said the higher paid guys will make less, while the lower paid guys their money will be messed with, not as the much. Least. So the le- yeah, yeah. the least they're still losing money, but the lower paid guys like the Castaneras won't be making as less money. It, it's confusing because there's a lot of money thrown around here. Yeah, Scherzer would go from thirty mil to seven mil. Alkeston Hero would go from six hundred thousand dollars to like what? It was like four hundred thousand dollars, something along those lines. I think it was even more than that, but but now Scherzer would go with the prorated salary for fifty games. What was it, Nelly? Scherzer about would go nine and a quarter, thirty million to nine and a quarter mil. While a hero would go to about two hundred thousand. So he would make even less. And the the bad thing is, like we've heard. Jeff Cirillo say, you can't say anything. You get ostracized if you say something. Because Keston Hero's ultimate goal is to be right. the Max Scherzer paid contract in five years. Right. And if you say something now, you're going to get blackballed by the union that you're a part of. And good luck playing in Japan, Korea, uh, the Dominican, uh, wh- because whatever that, league you can pick up in. Those leagues yeah. might pay you well. Or better than what Major League would mm-hmm. for just this season, but it's literally just this season, and right. it's already June. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's you gotta <sighs> grin and bear it and be like, "Yeah, I'm just happy to play baseball." Well, that's the thing. <laughs> like, well, they're not just happy to play baseball; they're happy if they get their, you know, their full contract. Well, money. no, like, I mean, I well, mean, no, the no, lesser I, guys. I know what you're saying, yeah. but yeah, it's you have the higher paid guys who are 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 the ones being like, "No, it's not happening. Right. I need my money." Yeah. And I want it now. Like where you get, my says. question is where you get where is this money where is this money magically coming from? Uh there's the, no fans in the stands. The giving tree. Isn't oh, the, the money that, the money isn't tree. That what that book is about? He's got money coming out the wazoo. <laughs> Remember that? Right? Yeah. yeah. 
where's the money coming from? That's my question. The sky. I get uh, that they, I get that they had the um, the prorated deal. I get oh, my bad. I get that. Do you on any medication? None. Doctor, I think you should see this. Oh my. Why? What is it? He's got money coming out the wazoo. <laughs> what do we have? Money out the wazoo. Move this man to a private room. That's where the money's coming from. It's coming out the wazoo. That, that guy's going to be plunked up in like, uh, who's going to get him first, the owners or the high-paid players? Uh, sounds like the players are trying to get him first. Because <laughs> the owners are okay without a season. Move out the way. This man's got money coming out the wazoo. <laughs> yeah, the only money, the only place that money's coming from will be the TV deals and maybe a little bit of memorabilia stuff. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, so they or, or apparel, I guess. So yeah. the most the more the most money comes out of television revenue deals that are tied to the postseason. So what they're trying to do is with the fifty game season get as quickly as they can to the postseason. So you get a fifty game season with this new counter counter offer, and then try to get to this postseason as quickly as you possibly can because more eyes are on the TV during the postseason than the regular season. The casual fan might watch a game here or there during the regular season. But the casual fan, if their team is in the postseason, they all eyes are on it. Yeah. It's it's really one of those things. You look at this situation, where would these negotiations be right now if there was a salary cap and that those lower paid guys and those highest paid guys weren't, weren't so such separated separated by multi millions of dollars. I I mean I do you think baseball should Get a salary cap? Yes. I, I think I've always felt that way. I, think, I mean what do you know? Man, I don't know. I kinda like I kinda like the no salary cap because there's a lot of different ways to build a ball club. True. Yeah. Because wouldn't, you wouldn't look a at, salary cap help the brewers out though? Yeah, in theory it would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Smaller markets. But, but you still your GM would still have to do his job and have of course. to be really good. And then you're you'd get one of those like league wide revenue share kind of things, but there's enough clubs that have their own television networks it doesn't well, really work that way either. We yeah. all we all know that the Yankees are the big team when you think of money, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. How how many World Series have they won in the last decade? Decade? Have they won one? Zero. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. They have none. And that's that's yeah. how, The Royals have won more World Series in this last decade than the Yankees. Yeah, but who's had had more chances? I know they won it, but who's had more chances to win one? Who's been in the playoffs more? Oh, the Yankees. The Yankees. The Royals were like... (laughs) Two years in a row. What what are the Royals now? Bottom feeders? I mean, they're one of those teams They won the World Series. They did. All right, so go I would love for the Brewers to be where the Royals are at now if we got to celebrate a World Series. So what? You got the Washington Nationals. That was kind of a cool story, but... That's Washington. Four hots away, man. <laughs> Before that, it was the Dodgers, one of the highest payrolls in baseball. Before that, it was the Dodgers again. And, and that's another thing. The Dodgers haven't won. When's the last time the Dodgers won a World Series? It was in the 88. 80s. Uh, was that the year Kirk Gibson had that walk-off? Did they win that 1988, World Series? They, yeah, they beat the Athletics. Okay. I think that's the last time they yeah, won, too. Yeah. So they're one of the highest paid teams. Yep. The Yankees haven't won one in over a decade. Yeah. All right, so let's go down. Nationals are... They're a little, they're a big market, not biggest, but they're a bigger yeah. market. DC, Boston, the, or the Dodgers. Area. Dodgers won 2018, 2017. Yeah, one of the biggest, the biggest market. Tons of money before yeah, that. Stars. Chicago Cubs, 
Yep, they're a huge market. They're a huge market. Before that, uh, was it the Astros? Don't they have one in there somewhere? Oh, the, the, ta- the, the Mets in t- 2015? I don't think the Mets. No, not the, the Mets. No, 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 not the Mets. No, no, no. Who's 2015? Why can't I remember right now? I'll go look it up. But, yes, when you look at the past, I don't know how many World Series It's a lot of Boston in there. Yes. But that's obviously a huge market. Houston's in there. That's a bigger market when they want to pay. Yep. Uh, All right, so. Philadelphia's got to be in there. I'm sorry, 2015, it was the Mets lost to the Royals. Oh, yeah, so the Royals. Before that was the Giants. There's a huge market. For every other year, it was the Giants. Yep. And the Cardinals. (laughs) And the Cardinals. The Red Sox again in 2013. Giants, Cardinals, Giants, Yankees, two thousand nine, right outside your know, ten years there, Rowdy. The Phillies. <laughs> That's why I said decade. decade. Yeah, decade. <laughs> then the Phillies. I mean, I'm I'm rattling off giant markets here outside of what the Royals. And how do you what do, how do you quantify like the St. Louis Cardinals when it comes to market size? They're just they're just rich with history and good through and through. Yeah, uh, it's, I still. I'd say medium. Yeah, they're a medium size. And market. what do you take? Who's, and then I, I mean, going all the way back, then you go to 2005. It's the White Sox. It's another big market. Big market. They, they don't have much of a fan base, but yeah. it's a big market. Red Sox, Marlins, Angels, Diamondbacks. Outside of the Royals, you're only looking at one small market team, or just the Royals. You're only looking at one small market team that has won the World Series. Mm-hmm. Medium market Cardinals. I honestly. Yes, would a salary cap help? Yes, totally. But to your point, I also do like the when will the underdog win outside of the Royals? I like the strategy of it, like you were saying, Rowdy. I mean, the the Astros were the underdog, but we found out that, that well, they cheated. came at a price. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Well, because some of those teams, like you mentioned, the Astros, they completely stripped it down. Yeah. And most of those guys that were on that roster were actually drafted. So they developed that team. They didn't buy that They developed team. that system of cheating. No. 50-game season, and they're going to pay the prorated salaries, they say. Well, it's, it's essentially going to come out Got to the same wish. money. Got your wish. For the higher-paid guys. It's going to come out to the same money that they wanted with the – with the, or what they didn't want, actually, with the 82-game uh, revenue share season, which is but hilarious. prorated salaries. Yeah, but it's going to be prorated under – so I just uh, saw this article from uh, Buster Only, and he says in this headline, it's not just the 2020 season at stake, but the future of Major League Baseball. Dun, dun. So in it, he is uh, saying that leaders on both sides have to see the catastrophic consequences now and in the sport's future. I think everyone can understand that Okay, let me ask you guys. If there is no season this year, will you be able to forgive Major League Baseball, the owners, and the players moving forward? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I, we'll be pissed for right now. Yeah. But will you be able to forgive them 2021 immediately? Oh, that's I'll fine. Still, you still, guys, whatever. I'll still watch baseball. Same, but will you be able to forgive them? I, yes. Nelly? Yes, I think so. Just because, I mean, it's right now, right? We don't have anything else going on. We want a sport. Baseball was supposed to be the sport playing. Mm-hmm. They get into this little tiff. But, I mean, if you look back on it a decade from now, yeah, some people might say, yeah, this is about money. But most people are going to be like, 
that was, that was a COVID-19 thing. We can write that off for COVID-19. So I guarantee you that's what they're going to do. Uh, it's true. And then you go back and look at the numbers. And, you're like, huh, okay. and then once the, once the Packers come up short next winter, we'll be looking for something to do next fall or ne- <laughs> next spring. And then the Brewers will be there. So, so yeah, I feel like everyone's going to, most people are going to turn back. What I'm reading here from Buster only is uh, they have to understand this nuclear option is no option at all, right? And that nuclear option would be canceling the whole season. You already have some owners saying that they are perfectly fine with canceling the season to save money. Then he says they have to understand how baseball might need a generation or two, decades for some fans, to forget or forgive this ill-timed squabble over money at a time when so many have lost jobs increasingly struggle to meet the cost of shelter and food and baseball owners and players can't be so deeply, uh, you know, mired in distrust and, and all of this that we see billionaires and millionaires complaining over money while we see the world crumble apart around us. I mean, it did take four years for people to start trusting baseball again after they went on strike. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, yes, I think we'll be able to forgive him pretty, I don't know if you'll be able to forgive him, forget, but you'll, I'll be able to sit down and watch. Yeah. Because this is what we do. Right. If you're the casual fan, I've heard people calling in, and I would like you to call in as well, 608-321-1670, will you forgive baseball if they don't have a season? I've heard people chiming in on other shows being like, I will never watch baseball again. They have lost me completely. It, and it, then fast yeah, forward fast forward a couple of years, and they got it on the TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll, oh, yeah. They'll, they'll be back. Hypocrites are everywhere, and they're out in full force right now. So... I do think, though, you will be th- – this is for baseball and them when it comes to the pecking order of major sports. They are losing an opportunity, and they are they are losing more and more fans that they desperately need left and right as time continues to tick on here. Mm-hmm. I The casual fan, I think a bunch of casual fans will be like, I don't – screw it, I don't care about baseball anymore. Oh, yeah, most likely. Um, I think we're different because Nelson will stay up till the wee hours of the morning watching spring training baseball. Yes, he will. You watch KBO for some reason. Well, that's have. that's when... We just wanted to check it out. That, and also working from home. I don't really have a TV to yeah. watch it at noon now. We all, care. You, <laughs> but if you're the casual fan, do you care? You also have to take Are into account care? who the casual fan is. So if we go on a timeline of the casual fan in Wisconsin, we'll say the majority is Brewer fans, right? Mm-hmm. And from, uh, we'll say the last decade... Neither the Cubs or the Brewers had a World Series. So a lot of those people were still Brewer fans. Then all of a sudden in 16, the Cubs won the World Series. Some of those people were wearing Cubs gear. Yeah. Some well, of those people were wearing Cubs World Series champions, but I'd oh, seen I them saw their them whole life wearing Brewer gear. stuff. Yep. And then, you know, fast forward to the Cubs had a bad year. Now I see them wearing Brewer stuff again. Yeah. You do find, That's the casual you do find a lot of people whose families uh, – are Cubs fans because of the Braves leaving. So like, well, yeah, a lot the, of people became White Sox or Cubs fans. But, yeah, you are right. That's for sure. That's a thing. Yeah. But that's but that not person, a lot of the people that were wearing right. Brewers and then switched a couple that's times. A, yeah, I'm agreeing with you there. But they, they cited, oh, uh, my parents have been Cubs fans for, like, ever. Okay, so okay, well, um, you just became one? But, I, I mean, I do have uh, friends who's – they are Cubs fans. Your parents was a they fan of Charlie up. Chaplin, too. Are you a big fan of that? <laughs> your favorite actor? He's pretty good, man. You ever watch those movies? <laughs> yes, I have. It takes talent. It takes talent to not speak. 
Oh, he had a couple speeches <laughs> yeah, at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean to your point, the casual fan is a bandwagon fan. The casual fan is who's ever the front runner, they will glob onto. We I mean, we know that. I've seen so many people that I am friends with that <laughs> they proclaim to be Brewers fans they're and then when the Cubs won the World Series, all of a sudden they're Cubs fans. I'm a like, lot what of it? casual fans in major league. But will the casual fan all of a sudden I guess that's a good question. Would they care if there wasn't a season and would they forgive? I'd yeah, I don't think the casual fans some are missing would, it. Some wouldn't. Yeah, that, I'm with RJ. I don't think they're missing it either because they only tune into it when they're with a group of people Yeah. or it's the playoffs mm-hmm. or they're relevant and it's very few and far between. I so, said, well, the diehard fan, I don't know if the diehard fan will be lost I mean, then. I didn't miss Who, who are they going to lose? And apparently that's back. Well, have you ever been a NASCAR fan? Nope. Then same. <laughs> uh, right here, uh, Buster only continues on saying, but here we are in a countdown to utter disaster for Major League Baseball, and sources of moderation on both sides are having difficulty identifying the path through which the parties will leave their respective bunkers to reach the agreement the industry must have. Continues on, as distasteful as the terms might be for the owners and players, they should all recognize that while concern over player and staff safety could ultimately prevent games from being played, they must settle the question of player compensation for whatever form that takes and shake hands on a deal and smile for the cameras. I think he means bump elbows. Yeah, we can't shake hands anymore, Buster. Jeez, Buster. Man. Well, I've seen a lot of videos Dude. lately now of people hugging and shaking hands. And those people last week were telling me. Did they have masks on? No. And those people were telling me last week that if I went to Home Depot, I was callous and would kill their grandma. <laughs> and, have blood, and I'd have blood on my hands. But I, they're all out there now. Do you, do you guys actually think that people that would consider themselves casual fans ever become diehard fans? Some some do. Some do, but some get the, the vast majority, no. They stay casual. Yeah. Well, it's just like some diehard fans all of a sudden fall out, and they're just like, I just don't really care anymore. So do you think these major, and far between. These major sports should cater to the diehard fans that are 99% of them are going to be there for life, or they should cater to these casual fans that are there maybe 50% of the time at best. Well, the casual fan, they they would cater to a casual fan when fans are allowed in the stands. The casual fan mm-hmm. will go to Miller Park, get blitzed in the parking lot. Not remember any of the game. Go in, buy some expensive margaritas, buy some expensive nachos, buy some expensive beer, maybe some pass out in the seat. a hat. They're not, they're not really watching the game. They're going through in the fast pitch, and then around the seventh thing, like, can we go? Yeah, but aren't, but aren't they always going to do that? Yeah. Like, that, they're that's always who, going to show those, up isn't because that who they, already, they always want to get tamed. Isn't that yeah. who they kind of cater to right now? It's a social experience. So a casual fan, yeah, not really the guy who's going to sit down and watch it on TV. Like, the, uh, I'm curious of how many diehard fans go to the ballpark. What percentage it would be of diehard fans compared to well, the casual fans compared to the people that are just there to party. No, they aren't fans really at all. They just want to experience it. I mean, no offense to the Mallards, but what would you think their split is? No, oh, their split's more of party. Uh, it's my first time here, and Let's I'm party. just here for the beer. Yeah, exactly. And and that's and good but for them because that's, that's, that's awesome. what they cater to. Yeah. Cause it's, but that's also a team that changes a roster, this different roster every year. Yeah. For the most part. Well, because it has to be. Yeah. But I mean, like, for, for me, like, if it's on TV, I have a Brewer game on every night. Same. So, I, I mean. Yeah, like, uh, it, at the minimum, it's background background noise for you doing something else. Right. Every single, yeah. almost every or, single Or, you know what? Even though it's on a competitor, I love hearing Bob Euchre talk. 
Oh my God, same. I'll turn that on, and you know what? Whether uh, that's been a thing forever. Like uh, I remember growing up, I'd just go listen to games because there were times where Brewers weren't on TV. You'd turn on the radio, listen to the game, and you just hear Bob Euchre telling stories. I mean, I was at a blowout against the Cardinals uh, in high school at at one uh, point in time. And, uh, I mean, you get in the car because it was like 11 to 1 in the seventh (laughs) inning. And you knew the Brewers weren't coming back from that at that point in time in the early 2000s. And you know what? He just come back from a break after a pitching change, and he just drops a... Well, oh, many of you are probably on your way home right now if you were at the ball game. Get there, grab a bottle of wine, and forget this one. I'm like, wow, all right. You can rules, man. Yeah. Up on Twitter, I threw out a poll. It's very easy. Major League Baseball, they've come out to say, yo, all right, players, you want prorated salaries? Let's do it. You get prorated salaries, but here's the kicker. It's going to be a 50-game season. Here's the poll. Major League Baseball is proposing a 50-game season with prorated salaries. Do you like it? Yes? No? And the third option, there's not going to be a season. There won't be a season. All right, Nelly. 50-game season, prorated salaries. Do you, Nelson Raisbeck, like it? I think, or do you think there won't be a season? I think if the players are looking for a prorated deal, I think this is probably the best one they're going to get and maybe the only one. But after being Mr. Positive for too long, it didn't feel right. Just like the rest of 2020. You're no more Mr. Nice Guy? I don't think there's going to be a season. Because I think the MLB Players Association comes back, basically laughs at it, comes up with a new proposal, and we go down this road again. I don't, in my, I don't think there will be a Major League Baseball season. This is now a stroke of, it could be genius or it could be evil genius. It's probably evil genius. I don't know what it is. It's something, though. The Major League Baseball owners, they have guys right now sitting in suits and ties with their high-powered calculators, crunching every number imaginable, probably numbers we've never even thought of, and how they can save their billionaire owners as much money as they possibly can during a quote-unquote pandemic. They are crunching the numbers at a fever pitch right now of how they lose the least amount of money. And what did they do? Okay, Major League Baseball initially said an 82-game season with a revenue share. Players didn't like that because in March they had a gentleman's agreement. They had an agreement on prorated contracts. So what did the players union do? They said, hey, here's a 114-game season with prorated contracts. Major League Baseball says, the more games we play with prorated contracts, the more money we will lose. Let me think about it. Well, it's been four weeks now of those two. Kind of actually just a day of the two days of Major League Baseball's, the Players Association's plan of 114 games with prorated contracts. What did Major League Baseball do yesterday? They said, okay, we'll pay your prorated contracts. But it's a 50-game season. Nelson, you did the you did the you crunched the numbers. You wanna you wanna tell everyone again what the numbers are? How it comes out? Well basically if they prorate it for the number of games played, they're getting paid about thirty percent of what they normally would have. Which is what but they're, they're only playing fifty games. So they were gonna make let's say it was the eighty two game season with the revenue share. 
they were making one of their contract. Like, let's say it's a Max Scherzer. They're making 30. He's making 30. 30%. He's, he's down to nine and change. So in the first deal with the revenue share, Max Scherzer. He was making seven and change. Initially, he was making $30 million in a regular season. With the revenue share, he would go down around to $7 million. The higher paid guys got their money messed with more. The lower paid guys got their money messed with the least. With the 82-game revenue share. Now, with prorated salaries, with a 50-game season, Max Serger in a normal year would get 30. Now he's making, you said what? Nine and change. Nine and change. So he, he got up almost about a mil and a half, two mil, than the 82-game revenue share. It's the Keston Heras of the world who are now getting their money, more of their money taken out yeah, than they initially were in the 82 revenue share. He's going from roughly 600000 to roughly 200000 Yeah. And in the other one, he was making what three hundred thousand? No, I think it was. I think it was like four, four something. Four, four something. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense then. So the lesser guys initially were being trying to be their pocketbook somewhat protected, if you look at it that way, from the owners. Now with the prorated deal, the guys who make the most amount of money will lose a little less than what they did with the 82 revenue share. It's confusing. If I hope you're following it along. It's a lot of numbers moving around here. So now it's a 50-game season with prorated contracts. Major League Baseball now, I Just think... Basically, to sum it up, yeah. they're going to play less games. If they go with this proposal, they're going to play less games. The big-time stars are going to make more than what they originally would have. But the... Guys that are basically on league minimum type contracts are going to make way less. So, yeah. so at first they're trying to protect so the guys it helps, making way yeah, less. Yeah, it helps the stars, but it's going to hurt your league minimum type guys. But what did we hear from Jeff Cirillo, former brewer who joined us two Fridays ago? He started his career in 1994. What happened in 94? That was a strike-shortened season. What did Jeff Cirillo say, Rowdy, about the Players if, Association? If yeah, if you're a young guy... You sit down and you shut up. And you just take your lumps. And the stars and the players with the most amount of money end up winning to a degree. So, what do we know about people with money? The more money you have, the more the system is set up for you to win. Right? And I'm not talking winning like wins and losses for a column as, uh, you know, the Brewers are up one nothing in the standings on the Cubs. I'm talking they win by their wallet staying more fat than the guy making the least amount of money, right? That's yeah, what we and, know. And, you know, if you're going to take that mindset and then use that theory and apply it to the situation, mm-hmm. if, if the Major League Baseball players, the higher paid ones, are going to use that, and they say, well, we're going since we're the higher paid guys, we got more money, we have more authority, we have more power. We can tell these these guys that are making less what to do. Mm-hmm. How is that any different from what the billionaire owners are doing to them? It's, it's not. Yet they're mad that the billionaire owners are doing it to them, <laughs> but then they are going to do it to the players that make less than them. Because they get all the media, they get all the attention, they get asked all the questions, they want to be making all the decisions. Yep. It's the haves and the have-nots. 
The have-nots, there's a lot of them. The oh, haves are then, few and far between, but who will win? The haves. And then even though all these relationships are very similar, the guy at the top of the chain, the owners, they have the baseball and can take it home and say, okay, we're not playing at all. And there's that. Time to go home. Some owners have already come out to say that they are okay with canceling the season. They haven't named any names, but there's a few out there, uh, according to CBS Sports, I was, we were talking about a little bit yesterday, that there are owners out there like, we'll just cancel the season. And not do it at all. So right now, Odd Zone Madison, Twitter, Facebook, you can call it in as well. 608-321-1670. Major League Baseball is proposing a 50-game season with the prorated salaries. Do you like it? Yes, no, or there's not going to be a season. And the longer the players hold out, the worse deal they're going to get. Uh, Lit Bucky 92 Jake, what's up, dude? He tweets in at Zone Madison. Jake says, laughing out loud. This is going to end up being a 70 games, 75 game season, pro rated contracts. They'll meet in the middle. And what a waste of a month and change to figure this out to still never figure it out. Yep. Isn't this just a microcosm of the world right now? <laughs> it's almost just a lot it's of hypocrisy. A lot of hypocrisy yeah. on a lot of sides. It's just sad. Makes you almost sick. So, I mean, what do you think? I, I well, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I don't think there's going to be a season. I don't either. But what they want to do but is... But I'm, I'm still hoping I am hoping. Something. I've got my fingers crossed. The thing, though, that they want to do is, here's how the owners and the league will make the most amount of money, is the postseason. A great deal of the national television revenues are tied up in the postseason, and the emphasis from the standpoint of management will be holding that postseason as soon as possible. I will say, a 50, if they agree to this and a 50-game season is put out there, this will make the regular quote-unquote season very exciting because every game... Listen, 162 games, every game does matter. We've seen the Brewers miss out by but a game, each game me- or make a more. game. But yeah, this is just tripled now almost. In, yeah, this is tripled in value when it comes to how much a meaning one game holds if not more. So this is going to be very, very, what would you say, dramatic of a regular season if it's 50 games? A lot of uh, on edge. You know, you're like, whoa, I'm on the edge of my seat. 50 well, games. It, it definitely would be, it would make a difference on how teams would use like their bullpens and pitchers, right? Yeah. Because if you, if each game means more and you're in a position to win, you got to go f- Full on, right? Yeah. Like you got to go. You got to go for it. You got to win. You got to try and win every single game. Uh, to quote the movie Miracle, this isn't a throwaway game up in Rochester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's um. Well, okay. Let's say whoever does win this. Let's say the season does get underway. It's a 50 game season. We go to the postseason. Whoever hoists the World Series trophy. What will you be viewed as? What will history look at you as? An asterisk? Will there be an asterisk next hundred percent. You'll be the, the COVID champion. <laughs> we've already beaten cured COVID, Nelson. They, well, we've talked about this before. They can say whatever they want about their health, about their family, blah, blah, blah. It, we talked about with the fans, the casual fans versus uh, diehard. This year, both the players and the owners, no matter, because both of them look kind of bad especially with what's going on in the world and mm-hmm. how other people are unemployed and you know are hurting too both sides are going to look bad 
one side might look a little worse than the other, but 10 years from now, we're all going to look back on it. And all it's going to be said is that was, that was the COVID pandemic played season. Will you be that's like, what they're, that's what they're going to blame it on. Yeah. We cared it though. And, and it would be like our hand, our hands were tied. It was a pandemic and it was just a weird situation. It was just one year. That's, that'll be the excuse for all of this. But uh, who was it? Lick, Lit Bucky? Yeah, Lit Bucky. Yeah, exactly. They wasted a, another month. A month and some change. Yeah, dude. These guys can't figure it out. Can anyone figure anything out anymore? Is there any, is there any middle ground left? It would be nice to see a major multi-billion dollar organization find middle ground. Wouldn't that be a nice rallying point? Wouldn't that be just to see people from different sides of the aisle come together to agree just on something? Just to see what it does? Yeah, literally just on something. I would like to see people agree on one thing. One, and maybe that gets the ball rolling to agree on other topics and other issues. But my God, get it together. Come together for something. And maybe it will start healing and some kind of movement where other people from other walks of life can come together. Figure it out. Uh, Dill Pickles tweets in at Zone Madison. I like the Twitter handle. Love me some dill pickles. 50 games means pretty much anyone can win it, and every game will be three times as important as usual. I thought I would hate it, but I think I love it. It will add drama. It will add a lot of dramatics for 50-game regular season. That's for damn sure. Because what, Nelson, at the end of the season, when you're nearing it, when there's a fight for the NL Central, you got the... You got, uh, let's say, we'll say you got the Brewers, you got the Cardinals and the Cubs all vying for position and about 50 games left. Aren't you, like, really just focusing in? You're like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? 50 games are pretty lit. Yeah, we would all be going crazy over it, right? That would, that would be the only thing we're talking about. Yeah. But here we are. <laughs> I'll see. Mitch and Madison says, uh, for the owners, monetarily, I don't blame them for saying they may cancel it. From an owner's perspective, why would they want to continue losing money? If the income attack, if income tax was abolished, I think everyone would be able to make a deal because a prorated salary of no income tax is still very a nice amount, and you don't have to worry about the government theft. True that, bro. Grubby hands out of my pockets. We have this article right here, CBSSports.com, and it's talking about Matt Lafleur and the Packers' revisionist history. Matt LaFleur said last week about drafting Jordan Love. Now, Terry just said it in his phone call. He doesn't have weapons, weapons, yada, yada, yada. We all, we all know it's well-documented from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. There was never a, a really focus on weapons in the draft, right? Yeah, outside of when the likes of Jordy Nelson, you know, yeah. Donald Driver, Mr. Michael Finley. First-round first draft pick weapons. Okay, yes, first-round draft pick and, weapons. And let's advance the story to the draft that just happened. What do we know most about the draft? It was the deepest, richest, most talented wide receiver draft class in history, correct? Yes, and you didn't draft any. And there's none, so back to the no-weapon thing. And then when it went to undrafted free agents, the best available, 
you didn't get any of those receivers, and you ended up only signing one. Okay, a so very mediocre receiver out of Michigan State. A revisionist history here for Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur said, "Quote: It was just one of those situations where there were a couple of guys targeted that had just been previously picked, and Jordan Love was the next guy on the board, and so we went with the best player at the time." Again. Matt LaFleur's tale of taking Jordan Love was it was one of those situations where there were a couple of guys targeted that had just been previously been picked, and Jordan Love was the next guy on the board. So we went with the best player at the time. So Matt LaFleur is saying that they had guys targeted, but they previously been picked before their pick, and that's why they took Love. Now, here's the thing. Remember there were reports that were coming out saying that, um, was it that the even Colts? If it was the, if, even if they moved up to take the Vikings, the 20, was it the yeah, 22nd yeah, yeah, yeah. pick? Well, first, first it was the Colts were trying to come up to take Love. That's why the Packers traded up, because maybe someone forgets that the Packers traded up to select Jordan Love. They did. But yeah, then there were the the secondary reports that were coming out saying the Packers, even if they got up to Minnesota's spot, were still going to take Jordan Love over Justin Jefferson, the receiver out of LSU that everyone thought was that was the money pick for the Packers if they could get him. Then I remember I think it was the day after another report came out that was NFL executives saying they still felt like the Packers were going to take Jordan Love even if they had the first overall pick because that's how in love with him they were. That's that's a lot different. Those are three different reports. They're a lot different from what Matt LaFleur just said. So again, Matt LaFleur saying the guys they had targeted were just scooped in front of them, and that's why they took Love. Well, let's go back and look at it. But that here, before you say that, if they were selected just before you did, why did you trade up then? You're speaking a lot of good points here, Rowdy. The player who went directly before Green Bay traded up for love was receiver Brandon Ayuk to the Niners at number 25. Remember, the Packers sat out the entirety of the draft for wide receivers, the deepest draft class in history. So, sorry, they weren't moving up for Brandon Ayuk. Receivers also went at picks 21 and 22, and again, the Packers never selected a wide receiver in the tire draft. So you can rule those out too. The Saints, they took their center, what, Caesar Ruiz? Ruiz. Out of Michigan. One pick before Ayuk. And the Packers already have one they say is better in Corey Lindsley, who they are set to pay 8.5 mil. Could they be looking to draft his replacement should he depart in free agency in 2021? I suppose one could make the case, but doesn't pass the smell test. Maybe a backup center. Who knows? The Chargers moved up to pick number 23 for a specific player. That was linebacker Kenneth Murray, who would have filled the need for the Packers, obviously. And he had been tied to the Packers in pre-draft processes. But there were also two very highly regarded linebackers who went immediately after Green Bay took love. So if upgrading at that spot of linebacker was our priority, they could have had Patrick Queen or Jordan Brooks, 
who the Packers also did a lot of work on with, and who multiple teams said that they had graded them very closely together. So right there, there is wide receivers, Patrick McQueen, Jordan Brooks, guys who were still on the board that the Packers had highly regarded in the pre-draft process who would be, as all accounts would say, immediate impact players on positions of need for the Packers. But Matt LaFleur says it was one of those situations where guys they had targeted were scooped up, but the next person on their board was Jordan Love. So that's why he went with them. Despite having the players that they could have had immediate impact from in positions of need at that spot. Are you buying Matt LaFleur so far? Are you buying what he's saying? Now, just because you're graded high doesn't mean a team wants to target you. Maybe they have something on their board that they don't like about you. See, I can... For the Jordan Love pick, I can see it. If they really liked him, and some of the receivers that they really liked that they thought were first-round grades somewhere in their range were gone, I could see it, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't value Patrick Queen because he's a little bit... uh, He's a lighter, smaller more of a coverage-centric linebacker. Maybe they weren't looking for that. Okay, whatever. I get it. Okay, for that pick. But then the thing is, why did you trade up? That's the thing. If LaFleur is trying to maintain in his statement that the Packers honed in on the 26th pick because they liked that spot in the draft, they liked that number, and they had a group of players they thought might could still be there and we're not trying to land Jordan Love, why would you do it then? That's just, that's just a ton of spin. Why, yeah, why did, you, why did you trade up then? Because if you look at the teams ahead of them at 30, the odds that one of them were going to take a quarterback if you like Jordan Love were almost nothing. Like yeah. They almost didn't have any odds. They were all teams that were set at quarterback. Yeah, but they have, despite Green Bay and other teams hearing chatter, that the Colts were keen to grab love. And some people even say that that wasn't even true, that there was chatter going on. Uh-huh. Some people were just saying, man, that, I didn't hear any of that, or that's just disinformation. A lot of that running around, Nelly. A lot of disinformation running around. I'll have a couple more comments on this when it comes to love. I think it's interesting how LaFleur, LaFleur talks about how they had a lot of guys targeted. That's why they moved up to 26. There's a lot of guys targeted. But then they got Love? Why don't you just be honest and say we want the quarterback of the future in store in Love? Matt LaFleur says they had a lot of guys targeted at 26. That's why they moved up there. But guess what? A lot of the guys they had their eyes on were whoop, scooped up ahead of them. And they're like, all right, next best player on the board is Jordan Love. Uh, doesn't really add up like that, though, right? If LaFleur's trying to maintain that the Packers honed in on pick 26 just because they liked that number and the group of players in that area and they were not essentially trying to land Jordan Love, why didn't they, I don't know, grab a linebacker or a wide receiver? Why did they go for a quarterback who, in theory, is going to replace Aaron Well, maybe that's why it is, to replace Aaron Rodgers, but a quarterback who most teams that were talked to did not have a first-round grade on Jordan Love? I think this goes back to what we kind of talked about right after the draft, right? Like the Packers front office and Matt LaFleur, their board was different than pretty much all the other NFL teams' boards, right? Mm -hmm. Because 
if they were anticipating on drafting or at least hoping to have the the chance of drafting at 26 where they traded up to get love they thought they had a lot of guys that would be available at 26 that that would still be there and now they're coming out and saying that's not true all those guys went early what does that tell you about their scouting and their anticipation about what the board was going to look like it was a lot worse than a lot of other NFL teams right Packers got the worst grade of draft well, what I'm getting at is if if they were expecting all these guys to probably be there at 26 and they got up to 26 and all of a sudden they weren't, their board had to have been different than the NFL or the rest of the NFL's boards because those guys went earlier. Yeah. Now, what did we say right after the draft? Wow, it looks like the Packers reached at almost every single draft. Their board must have been different. Besides that seventh round pick. Well, the big... The big that was sarcasm. Yeah, your top three picks and then you basically gave away your fourth rounder for Jordan Love too. So you essentially reached on your first four picks. And that's where everyone was like, wow, their board must be way different than all other teams because they reached on every single one of them. And my God, was it ever. Now, could DeGuara be the next Kyle Juszczyk? Huge DeGuara fan here. Maybe. You huge DeGuara fan? Could <laughs> Over Jay Sternberger? Yes. Um Though I think Jay Sternberger will be the better player. Same, but I'm, um, I'm DeGuara through and through. A.J. Dillon, could he turn into a, a solid running back that you want to give the ball to a decent amount? Yeah, he could. Could Jordan Love be a top-ten quarterback? He could. But there's a lot of ifs. You don't have a lot of, you don't have a lot of guarantees for this upcoming season. Yeah. And something we like to say around here, too. If my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. Well, it's 2020, actually. It might still be my end. So why don't they just come out and say it? Why do you got to dance around it? You moved up to take a younger, cheaper guy to take over for Rodgers when they don't want to pay him $34 million a year anymore. Is that just too truthful? Oh, or, yeah. Or, sorry, Aaron. We're going to give you two, maybe three years, and then that's it. You know, it's just say it. We, you'll never hear him say it. I wish they would. Do you think Rodgers would prefer them to come out and say, "Hey, dude, you got three years. If you don't win the Super Bowl, we're getting rid of you." Would you want to know that right now? Would you want to know it, or would you just want to dance around the subject? Would you want to dance around the subject, or would you want to know? I, hmm. I don't know. Because if you know... Sometimes, sometimes the tr- people can't handle the truth. If you know, would he ask for a trade? Would he mentally shut down? What what would go on with him? Or would he say, okay, I got three years. Let's let's get it going. Yes. Well, ain't no time like the present, though. I mean, I don't know why, you know. I mean, you can think about this situation in your everyday life. Do you, would you want to know the truth and say, hey, you got three years? Or would you want to dance around Truth. it and always be second-guessing what the hell's going on with the front office or the people around you? Truth. Right? It even happened to me. I had to go do that. Yep. Finally got to the bottom of it. Yep. It's obviously changed the ways I've felt. Yep. It changes your opinion on things. Big time. Changes how you look at things. By the way, welcome, Rowdy. Did you know there is no spoon? I wasn't even talking about that, but. 
Here you go, Rowdy. I think here. This here's if you want to know the truth or dance around subject. Do you want to know what it is? The matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. What do you think it is? Even Rowdy? now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window. Do you want to know? Do you want the television. red pill or do you want the blue pill? You can feel it when you go to work. When you go to church. When you pay your taxes. Mm. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. What do you like think, Rowdy? Like else, you were born into bondage. Born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison. Would Rogers take the red pill or the blue pill? What if you took both pills? <laughs> Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. Mm-hmm. You have to see it for yourself. I wonder what happened if you do both pills. Alright, Rowdy, here it is. In front of you. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Give me the red pill. Just personally myself, yeah, I would, I would want to know the truth. I want to get to the bottom of it. I just don't know how he would react if he did, if they did come out and say, yeah, three years, you're out of here. Like, we want to go with love. What would he do? Would he? Okay, let's say, let's say if you're in the situation, I know it's, you know, just conjecture and just playing along. Let's say someone told you, Rogers, someone told you, yo, in three years, you're done. Here in Green Bay, do you do you go? Do you want to trade now, or do you, do you say, "I'm well, then I want out. I'm done." Or would you say, "All right, let's go to work. We got three years. I don't know. I better I expect do. all hands on deck from my front office and from my coaches." Then I would love the honesty, and I would love the time limit of a certain place. I honestly probably would say, "Then trade me," because I would want. I would want to end on my own terms. You would still want to try and go somewhere else where you still have probably like three or four years and of call, solid football. And call my own shot. Of where you're wanted. I don't want people, I hate when people tell me how to live my life. So I would want to end on my own terms, which is so rare and so hard to do in a lot of aspects of life, but in this situation, professional sports. But I would want to end on my own terms. Wouldn't you? So you would ask for the trade? I would probably, yeah. Especially because you'd be traded to an organization that would be trading for you that would want you and would want to try and surround and then, you to And win then now. you can kind of kind of set your own timeline. But if but if you did say, Okay, let's get to work. I got three years here, I like Green Bay, I want to win another Super Bowl here. If you I wanna want, be done in three years. Yeah, I want my legacy to be this. Yeah. I would have to know. I would have to get an account from my front office, my GM, my coach. No more bull crap. We're not drafting backup <laughs> quarterbacks. We're not drafting backup running backs with our top picks. We're all in for the next three years. Yeah. If if you can't do that, see ya. See ya. Then trade me. I would want, yeah. I mean, it goes down to how do you want to end it? Do you want someone else trying to tell you how to live your life or do you want to live your life on your own terms? I want to live my life on my own terms. 
And, and then that's how you wind up back in Minnesota or Chicago. And I think if, <laughs> I, I think the Packers put the writing on the wall. If the, in this situation you'd have three like three years, let's say, despite you wanting to play more, you could, you know, do one more year. I don't even know if I do one more year at the team. That but are we me. both on the same the same uh, wavelength that we would want to know the truth? Yeah. We wouldn't want to keep. I'd like the red pill around it. Like I don't want to be buddy buddy. If with you it. know, if you know, if you have an inkling of something, a, a, a notion, if you have something that is just that you are scratching the surface on, and it intrigues you one way or another, would you like to silence yourself and block your mind out from knowing more, and just continue to dance around it, but yet never quite know, or would you want to dive in and fully know and understand, instead of just your whole life tiptoeing around it? I'd, I'd dive into the deep end. Ain't no tiptoeing for me. Right? Yeah, it'd, it'd be like if him and LaFleur were buddy-buddy all the time, but you're just like something just isn't right. You know, something's off. Mm-hmm. And you can feel that. Okay, but I don't – do you – do you? I don't discredit LaFleur for any of that. LaFleur needs to carve out his own existence in the NFL as well, all right? You mean away from Rodgers? Yeah, because he's only – his, his time is finite with Rodgers. If I'm LaFleur, if you're a coach, if you get to that level, don't you want your own I think story that's where, you want your own story written? I think that's where ego might come into play, yeah, right? Totally, totally, where where totally. I need to write my own story. I'm the head coach. I'm Matt LaFleur. Me personally, right now, if I had the opportunity, I'd be like, I have Aaron Rodgers. How about I go try and win as win many championships him. as I can while I still have him for two, three more years, and then we'll try and figure it out. Agreed. Or we'll try and groom a Jordan Love. But now that I have this, I have to use this asset. Yeah. Because that's that's how I won 13 games. Aaron Rodgers helped me win 13 games. So let's do Wasn't it again. because my offense was outstanding. Yeah, get him, get him weapons and do something with an asset to, that helps you win. And who helps you win? Aaron Rodgers. All right, so Matt LaFleur, kind of just a revisionist history here. He's saying that uh, when it comes to a 26 pick, they had a lot of guys on their board, but they just happened to be scooped right in front of them. And then what's left on their big board of best player available was Jordan Love. There's a lot of good players still on the board there if the Packers wanted to have immediate help on paper, obviously. Jordan Love, though, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. Jordan Love, I... I initially and essentially like the pick. It's everything else in the draft that I don't like. But Jordan Love, I mean, I don't mind A.J. Dillon. I don't mind Josiah DeGuara. Uh, I don't – I guess then when you get in the later rounds, it's whatever. It's sixth and seventh rounds. But I don't mind the Jordan Love pick. I don't mind it. Well, well I think – When you throw in everything else, you, it kind of – When you say you don't mind it, do you mean like – like you I like under, them looking for the future. You understand, understand why they made the pick yeah. if they love Jordan Love? I like them looking forward to the future and thinking they have their next franchise quarterback, a guy who, you know, as Matt LaFleur would say, fell in their lap, even though they traded up to get it. And they got a younger guy. He's a cheaper guy. He can take over for Rodgers, who eventually hopefully enters his prime as a legit pro bowler transcendent quarterback who you're not paying $34 million a year for. You know, you know how they keep saying like, well, this happened to Brett Favre when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, and now this is happening to Rodgers once they drafted Love. Mm-hmm. 
I don't really, obviously you can see the similarities, but there are so many things that are different about this. So many. Well, I mean, Rodgers isn't flirting with retirement. Yeah, Brett Favre was waning back and forth. The team was having, I mean, I guess both teams were kind of struggling, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Brett Favre was waning back and forth. Rodgers saying, I got a solid four years left in me. But also, when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, did you think he was the heir apparent to replace Brett Favre when they drafted Aaron Rodgers? No, I was pissed. I did not know. I was like, dude, no, no. I, I think everyone was, was there, I know there's a couple people that say they were happy about it. But I think the majority. I actually did like the pick. The majority of the people I remember freaked out about it. A lot of people. Like, how dare you do Brett Favre like that? Yeah. Or I think there's a lot of, there's a big group too that didn't think that that was a serious pick like yes they just wasted a a first round pick on a quarterback do you really think he could unseat Brett Favre though I think there were a lot of people that were questioning it right yeah there totally was like they should have I mean just for sake just for this year oh they should have got a receiver they should have got this position I think I think some of those people yes they were pissed other people were saying this isn't serious they're gonna hope to try and flip this guy or you know what I mean something to that extent yeah because then They're playing why, chess. why would you then draft Brian Brom a year or two later? Why did they draft, I think it was like Ingle Martin in a late <laughs> round. All these guys were drafted around Aaron Rodgers. If you seriously thought Aaron Rodgers was the replacement for Favre, you never would have taken Brian Brom in the second round like two years later. Right. This is why it has a different feel. You knew, what was that now, three, four years ago? You knew Brett Hudley wasn't going to unseat Aaron Rodgers. You were just hoping that they could flip him. I'll tell you that much. You're just hoping that they could flip him for like a second round pick if he played well. There was a point too when people said that. He was the guy that. We could do a second rounder for this guy. Exactly. He was the guy that was going to bridge the gap to win three, four games. And then Rodgers got healthy again and came back and they would hopefully go on a Super Bowl run. You know, statistically not great. I'll tell you that much. He was a guy just to step in and be good enough to win you a few games. And then you hope you flip him. He wasn't seriously considered a guy that was going to replace no. Aaron Rodgers. Never was happening. Is has is Tim Boyle that? No. Is any other backup that they trotted out there? No offense, Matt, Tim. Yeah, Matt Flynn, Scott Tolzien, ever thought that he would be unseating Aaron Rodgers? No, it's never been. But now... You know the Packers never had as a legit backup quarterback. Now they traded up. They took Jordan Love with this pick. And pretty much... The organization, by not saying it, is saying this is our quarterback of the future. 608 321 let's go to the phones. Welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Who do I got? Hey, it's Conrad. How you doing, boys? Yo, what's up, brother? Not much, man. Good topic. I uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but I got a chance to be on the Zach Gelb Show a few weeks uh, ago. Conrad, I will be cruising around Madison on the weekends, and I will hear your sultry voice on these airwaves calling into all kinds of national shows. You're a legend, bro. Oh, man, the engineers at CBS Sports Radio love me. So they just throw Conrad, me in. we love you. Who doesn't love you? I know. I know. Yeah, I got my loyalty. My, my loyalty bro, is with the Joe and Evo Show. We got, tweak sauce. we got Tweak Sauce here on Twitch saying, what's up, Conrad? Hey, Tweak Sauce. Hey, uh, so here's the deal. You know, you can clearly see that when they made that Jordan Love pick, there's something going on within the organization that they figured they needed, they needed somebody, okay? And uh, I wasn't surprised. 
I mean, I was a little bit surprised, but, like, guys, Rodgers didn't have, like, some sort of, like, he was an average quarterback last year. Yes. He was not, he was not the guy that got us to the Super Bowl. Um, he almost wasn't even the guy that had gotten us to all those NFC championship games. Like, we just had a different kind of team. And there was just, a, I mean, I know we went 13-3, and three, but there was just so many times throughout the season that you could just tell Rodgers, and yes, we didn't have weapons. I mean, you put an Amari Cooper on our team or something like that, That'd maybe huge. things change. And yeah, it, it, may be, it may be a total game changer, but those guys, we don't end up with those guys. We've never ended up with, like, I mean, I can count on, like, two fingers the amount of, like, great wide receivers that we've drafted um, it was like Javon Walker and uh, Javon Walker was the last first round pick or first rounder in for a, a skill position, and he was amazing. And but that was with that was with Favre, you know. And and they they were able to get him a weapon. And man, those are some good times. But with Rodgers, he's never really had that. And I think they've always just relied on Rodgers to do what Rodgers does, and he's not able to do what Rodgers does anymore. Yeah. So I, guys, I don't think that he is probably. I don't see him lasting. Through his contract with Green Bay, same. I mean, for it may be injury. It, I don't know if it'll be a trade. It it could be a trade, but um, you know, and and as far Rogers, as Conrad, Ro- they put Rogers on the clock. Rogers is clearly yeah. on the clock, right? You know, and 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 honestly, it almost feels like like uh, Lafleur is saying, "I'm going to be here longer than you." Yeah. So I need a guy that I'm going to be, and and I don't see Love playing this year. No. You know, but I mean, but it, the it's such an interesting scenario. But the AJ Dillon thing, I think that's intriguing because you're going to be mid-season with three running backs, and you're going to be able to do something. I don't, I don't know if I'm willing to like put all my chips in the table on uh, on Aaron Jones. Yeah, because this is his last year. Why would you do that? You know, like running backs in this league, you get a few year, good years out of them, and you just say, yeah, good work, you yeah. know, but you don't pay them all this money. No, and they so, have other people to pay. Like, you have, they have the three other big names to pay from, you know, Kenny Clark, I think Lindsley's up, and Bakhtiari. And Bakhtiari. <laughs> Guys, we have to keep a good defense, you know, and I believe we had the start of something good last year. We saw a defense come on better than we'd probably seen in many years, and I think that's where the attention has to be is just a, a strong defense and a, and a good, solid running game. And then you just get a quarterback back there that can, like, do the deal. Jordan Love's a big dude. I mean, yeah. if you start looking at, like, you know, just the stats, like his physical stats, I mean, he's a lot more like Favre was. I mean, just big, strong guy. And uh, Rodgers is not a big, strong guy. And you know? uh, Love's so, got that arm, too, bro. He can sling. Absolutely, boys. Well, hey, you uh, you guys have a good day. It's going to be a hot it. one, so stay in that AC. I Later. know. Later. 90 degrees today. Woo-wee. I got the shorts on today, Rowdy. How about you? <laughs> well, we already had a message about our attire for today. Said that we were going to be sweating in here. But. Well, here's the thing. It's freezing in here. Here's the thing. In our studio. It's like a freaking meat locker, man. Some days you can almost see your breath. It's so cold in here. I always dress for the studio. I got a hoodie on right now, and my legs are freezing because I have shorts on. Usually I have pants on in here. I got a nice fall pullover yeah. on. No, it's got a nice but yet, pullover. the bottom, I got some shorts. It uh, It's going to get hot. Well, what time is it? Oh, man, it's 930 already? Damn, time flies. 
Yeah, what is it right now, Madison? 81 degrees and sunny. If I hear anyone complaining about the heat after the BS cold we've had for so long, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll just complain about it, I guess. I'm already annoyed with stuff, Rowdy, as it is. I'm ready to start punching all kinds of things. But if I hear anyone complaining about that heat, I say, get the hell out. What do you think about people in Wisconsin that complain about the heat? Well, I'm one of them, so. Rowdy, Rowdy. (laughs) Okay, I don't hate the heat. I hate the humidity.